When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 348 on Now You Know. Today's show is sponsored by Magback. Magback makes a lot of unique and awesome products for Teslas. Yeah, we reviewed for you a while back their cool phone mount on our Now Let's Review channel. But what I want to show you today is their latest product, the rim case. What this does is protect your car's rims. Have you ever done this? Ooh, curb rash. Yeah, in fact, I remember when we first got our Model 3 and we went up to Montreal for that EV event and then we parked in that rather tight garage and we got out and sure enough, we had curb rashed one of our wheels. Well, now it's easy to keep that from happening with Rimcase. Simply pop the rim protectors on. You can do all four wheels in just minutes and you're protected. And what I love is Rimcase is a perfect match. Look at this. And when you inevitably do curb rash your wheels, if you used Rimcase, this is all you have to do to fix it. You simply swap out the damaged sections with new sections and you're back to looking new. Rimcase is designed for Teslas. You can get them for the Model Y 20-inch induction and 21-inch Uber turbine wheels and the Model 3 19-inch sport wheel and the 20-inch Uber turbine wheel. Rimcase's patented clamp design guarantees that rim protectors will stay securely attached even in extreme conditions. As you probably know, when you curb rash your wheels, it can be a huge pain in the butt to get them buffed out. And often you can't get them buffed and you have to buy a new wheel. So get a set at Magback com today and never have to worry about curb rashing your wheels again. So Elon retweeted this post from Tesla, the Model S Plaid Track Pack coming soon. It went over 300 miles an hour? Okay, don't get too excited. As exciting as it is to see a Plaid traveling at speeds of 322 kilometers an hour, that's 200 miles an hour, that's what Tesla promised when it first announced the Model S Plaid. But remember, it was delivered with the top speed of 262 kilometers an hour, that's 163 miles an hour. Right. Then last year, Tesla released a new track mode that got the top speed for the Model S Plaid up to 282 kilometers an hour. It's 175 miles an hour. Now, this new package is now available on Tesla's website. It says $6,000 for the Model S Plaid 20-inch zero-G wheel entire package, which is available in June. That comes with Goodyear Supercar 3R tires and the TPMS zero-G center caps, tire nut valves, and lug nut covers. And so this will include a software update to unlock those new top speeds of 200 miles an hour? That's my guess, uh, but it also sounds like the cars will also be getting new carbon ceramic brakes and new brake fluid because as hard as it is to get a car to go super fast, you need to make sure that it can slow down safely as well. And nobody has seen what the new track UI will look like. So if you spot that, please send us videos and pictures. And, you know, the tires are actually really important. Oh, yeah. You don't really want to be going 200 miles an hour on a set of tires <laughs> that wasn't designed to go 200 miles an hour. Come on down, get your $30 <laughs> tires. So the Tesla Model 3 long-range variant in the U.S. had been a missing option since August of last year when Tesla pulled it from their design studio website. It just said available in 2023. 
Well, Tesla kept their word, and now the Model 3 Long Range appears to be back. What do you mean appears to be back? It's back. It's right there. Well, when it left us, it had a range of 358 miles, uh, 576 kilometers. But now that it's back, it has a range of 325 plus miles. Where have you been? What happened to you? Why do you now have less range? Have you been flirting with other batteries? Wait, so you, you're saying you think that the Long Range Model 3 has LFP batteries now? Well, it makes sense, right? I mean, the standard range now has cattle Chinese made LFP batteries, and that's why it only qualifies for half of the federal EV tax credit. And now we see that the long range also now only qualifies for half the credit. It only gets you 3750 instead of the full 7500. But if you're right and it is LFP, then why does Tesla say this? For the best long range driving experience in the coldest driving conditions, we recommend a long range or performance Model 3. I mean, LFPs are better in some ways to NMC, uh, less degradation, no pesky cobalt, they're cheaper, and you can charge them up to full without a problem, but they do have their downsides. Mm -hmm. They're less energy dense and they don't do as well in cold weather. So then why would Tesla specifically recommend the long range or the Model 3 performance? Well, maybe it's using that new chemistry called LMFP, lithium manganese ferrous phosphate, basically LFP. But now with more manganese. And look at the price difference between the long range and the performance. What about it? The performance is $6,000 more. Yeah, but only $2,250 more after you take the tax credit into account. Yeah, the Model 3 performance is actually under the $55,000 EV tax credit limit. So it does qualify for the credit. So that's why they're so close. And now I'm just thinking if I was, you know, going on the website, thinking about buying a Model 3, I probably never even considered a Model 3 performance if mm. my budget didn't allow it. And then I'm clicking around. I'm going, wait, for just a little bit more, I could get the performance. Yeah. I don't see why anyone would get the long range. Yeah. I mean, with it being that close in price, I don't know who's going to go for the long range now. Well, I mean, the long range does get a little more range, gets 10 more miles, 10 more, 10 plus more miles, <laughs> 10 plus more miles. Um, but that's not too much more. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? Comment down below. Which one would you get? And hey, please hit the like button if you want to help us out. It really helps share this video with more people so we can let more people know about the world of EVs. So meet Kevin said, holy Ford, the company that's supposed to take on Tesla just revealed their net margin on electric vehicles. Ford net EV income today, negative 40%. Ford projected net EV income, negative 20%. Tesla today's net margin, 11.4%. Good job, Elon Musk and team. So actually, Ford's Model E division, that's their EV division, had some really bad Q1 numbers. First, guess how many EVs Ford sold in Q1? Let me see. So Tesla sold 422,000 EVs. So I'll guess that Ford sold, I don't know, 100,000 EVs? Nope. 12,000. Oh. All right, how much revenue did the Model E division for Ford make in Q1? Okay, so Tesla had about $20 billion in revenue in Q1. So I'll guess that Ford had 2 billion? Try 0.7 billion. Okay, that's just 700 million. Yep. Okay, you're zero for two, uh, but let's try one last question, see if you can pull it out. Guess what Ford's EV margins were in Q1? Okay, so let's see. Tesla's gap gross margin was 19.3%. So I'll guess that Ford was like, I'm going to go low on okay. this one, just since I've been wrong. I'm going to say like five, four, four. Okay, four. Final two, answer? Two, 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 two. 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 I'll Final do answer? Two. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Ford's EBIT margin on its EVs was minus 102.1%. What? I'm off by a hundred percent. 
What does that even mean? That means for every EV Ford sold, they lost more than they collected in payment. That would be like if you could go to the dealership and they would say, all right, pick up your car and we'll crash test another one just to show you what it looks like. Yep. Live, in person. You don't get to see a video. We'll, we'll crash. You get to crash it yourself. Yep. How is this even possible? Well, remember that Ford halted production of the Ford F-150 Lightning because of some battery fires last quarter. They also shut down the Mach-E line for retooling during much of the quarter. So they had to pay for all those people and machines to pretty much do nothing all quarter. But I thought that Elon praised Ford's strategy. Elon did have nice words for Ford. He said, always tough with margins for new vehicle lines, especially when there are major technology shifts. I think Ford's overall strategy with EVs is smart. The electric F-150 Lightning has high demand. But here's the thing. Ford lost $722 million this quarter on its electric division. That's double what they lost a year ago. Now, Ford's ICE division is making money, but we've talked about this before. Ford has to transition from a somewhat profitable ICE manufacturer into a profitable EV manufacturer. And the thing is, in my opinion, Ford waited too long. Instead of jumping into EVs years ago, it only just started dipping its toe into the EV market. Ford expects to lose $3 billion on EVs this year alone. But Ford lost $2.1 billion on EVs last year. Now, Ford does have $32 billion in cash, but it also has over $100 billion in debt. Wow. Well, what do you think about Ford's position? Uh, let us know in the comments down below. But look, Ford did have some good news. Ford announced that they are reopening the F-150 Lightning orders on May 9th, so no reservation needed. The Pro Edition won't be available this year, but the Lariat standard range is $75,900, and the Platinum is $98,000, and that is a price increase of about $1,500. And Ford did announce that any model under $80,000 will be eligible for the full $7,500 federal EV tax credit. And so just to be clear, the Pro... The Pro Edition is the cheaper one, even though it sounds good. Right. So it, it goes, you know, Platinum, Lariat, Pro. Right. And that's the bottom. Pro is the bottom. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay. But also, Ford has reopened Mustang Mach-E orders. Sales of the Mach-E were down 20% year over year in Q1 to just 5,400 units. But that's because, as you mentioned, Ford was completing renovations during Q1 of their plant in Mexico where the Mach-E is produced. Now, Ford is hoping to hit a run rate of 210,000 Mach-E's by the end of this year. And to get things moving, Ford has lowered Mach-E prices. Yeah, you can see here that the markdown is pretty much what half the EV tax credit is, and that's because the Mach-E only qualifies for half the EV tax credit. So I think that Ford is probably making these price decreases to make up for that. Hmm. Although, will people notice? <laughs> like, I mean, I know that a lot of people are like paying attention to the Tesla prices and, oh, it went up $250 this week. But... I mean, who's paying attention to the Mach-E prices? Like, oh, they went down, but I don't get the tax credit. And like, who's who's doing that? I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of people are going to go to the dealer and maybe that's going to be the first time they see their Mach-E. You're probably right. And the dealer's going to mark it up. <laughs> probably. Now, as part of Ford's EV plans, they have released their all-electric Ford Explorer in Europe. This is a smaller version of the Explorer with five seats, only two rows of seats, for the European market that got released in March. And it's built on the VW MEB platform. I didn't know Ford was working with VW. Yeah, don't you remember back in 2020, both automakers announced a partnership to build cars in Europe um, on that platform. So the European version of the Ford Explorer is actually shorter than the VW ID4. So the Explorer is 177 inches versus the ID4, which is 180.5 inches. It's weird, an Explorer that's smaller than an ID4. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the gas version here in the US is almost 200 inches long. So the European electric version is over two and a half feet smaller. Wow. 
So CEO Jim Farley said during the earnings call that Ford intends to release a larger three-row electric version of the SUV for the North American market. Well, he didn't come right out and say it, but he did say this. A lot of new customers bought a Lightning that never owned a pickup truck before, and we intend to do that with a three-row crossover and with a bunch of EV Pro vehicles, which we think will be a huge growth for us. So three-row crossover points to a larger Explorer EV. Um, by the way, the Explorer is Ford's best-selling SUV, and it's the best-selling three-row midsize SUV in the U.S. So let us know your thoughts in the comments if you think he's talking about the Explorer. And there's another interesting point that he said. Over half of F-150 Lightning buyers came from non-truck households. Yeah, I think that for many people, the utility of a pickup truck is awesome and desirable. But the thought of getting crappy gas mileage for a truck bed that, you know, you may not use that often is kind of a non-starter. The F-150 Lightning may only get 1.8 miles per kilowatt hour compared to like your Model 3, which can get like five miles per kilowatt hour. But it's still way more efficient than a gas version of the F-150. Our Lightning gets 78 miles per gallon equivalent city and 63 miles per gallon equivalent highway. Compare that to 18 miles per gallon city and 23 miles per gallon highway for the ICE version. So to put that into dollars, at 250% more efficient, the electric F-150 saves an average of $1,200 a year in fuel savings over the gas version. And I think that Ford could be right. I mean, I've been enjoying having a pickup truck. Um, I went to Ikea the other day and filled the thing. I think they might be right about SUVs. A lot of people might want to drive an SUV because it's bigger, feels safer, it's higher off the ground, but they're like, oh, the gas mileage. And so maybe they will want to, except wouldn't they have already done that by getting a Model Y? Well, you know, a three row. Yeah. I mean, I think the shape might put people off of the Model Y. Um, it doesn't look like an SUV. It doesn't look as much like an SUV, even though it has a lot of the same utility. Yeah. I, th you think, yeah, I think you're right. I think Americans did kind of like that boxy SUV look. Um, and uh, I think it's also interesting that Ford is starting their EV launch with really known brands like mm -hmm. the F-150, the Mustang, the Transit. And now if they do the Explorer, that would kind of make sense. These are all brands that people are familiar with. And that's very different than GM, which has been coming out with the Volt, the Bolt, the Lyric, the Lyric. Um, these aren't like well-known. Oh, of course, the GM Lyric. Well, and, and even their known brands like the Blazer, which has been kind of defunct for years now, and the Equinox. I mean, nobody really, I mean, that was one of their brands, but mm -hmm. no one really thought of it as a brand. So it's kind of, yeah, you're right. Uh, Ford has better known brands, I think, here. So it appears that a Tesla driver has died in a shooting incident that took place last Wednesday at the Edgewater Supercharger in Denver. So according to the police, two Tesla drivers apparently got into an argument over one of the chargers. One of them pulled out a gun and shot the other and then left the scene in his Tesla. He was later apprehended by the police. The injured Tesla driver died after being transported to the hospital. Look, this is obviously a tragedy, but it wasn't an EV thing, in my opinion, as the media wants to make it. I mean, let's be real. If this happened between a Mazda and a BMW owner, you'd probably never hear about it. But the Tesla name in the headline has cachet. It draws attention. Yeah, people argue and fight about anything and everything every day around the world. Road rage is a thing. Entitled is a thing. And if we're going to take anything away from this story, how about we take away this? Let's just all try and be better people, people. Let's try to be nicer to each other, have a little more compassion and understanding. And if someone is disrespectful to you, then walk away and be glad you don't have to be around that person. Is it really worth getting into a fight over a charging stall? So this next story is so weird. It really shows you how rich some people on this planet are. Oh, is this the story about the three original Tesla Roadsters found in a shipping container in China? Yeah. 
So Gruber Motors, which is a company that specializes in repairing original roadsters, said in 2010, a customer in China bought three brand new roadsters from Tesla. They got shipped to a dock in China, but were abandoned by the buyer. They have been sitting in sea containers sealed with zero miles at a port since 2010, untouched, accruing storage charges into six figures. A new owner found them and is selling them. Hey, you know, I was cleaning out my closet the other day. You know what I found? <laughs> okay, so let me get this straight. Somebody in China 13 years ago bought three brand new, never driven Tesla Roadsters, had them shipped to China in a shipping container, and then just forgot all about them? I guess. It sounds a bit fishy to me. It sounds like, like an episode of The Wire. Uh, but, you know, when you're rich, it might be like, honey, where did you see my three supercars? I know I left them around here somewhere. Oh, well, I'll, I'll get some more. But, I mean, these have to be bricked at this point. I mean, they can't possibly be drivable if their batteries haven't been charged for over a dozen years. Probably. Uh, Gruber Motors is helping the new owner to sell them via an auction. And right now, the highest bid appears to be $500,000 for the three of them. Gruber says, what we do not yet know is if the ESS pack service plugs were pulled before shipment. And even more intriguing, if they were, is there any life left in the packs after 13 years of storage? We will not know until they are retrieved and fired up. Wait, so, okay, $500,000 for three roadsters that probably don't run? Well, Elon weighed in on what they could be worth. He tweeted out, these are increasingly rare. Uh, Gruber thinks they'll go for a million dollars for the set when the auction is over. And I think they're probably right. There are only 2,500 roadsters or so in the world, and these are in perfect condition. And if you have that kind of money to throw around a million dollars, then you can probably afford to have new battery packs put in. Now, I kind of think that maybe these are worth less because Tesla's doing so well. I feel like if Tesla had gone under, then you'd definitely see this at Jay's garage and you'd be like, you know, in this company and they went out of business and I think it's really cool. And they had an idea. And you know what I mean? You know, like he would say, yeah, maybe stuff I, like that. I mean, I know that he already has one. Look, I just know they're cool because we drove four of them around Copenhagen. You may not remember it, but that was us. And uh, yeah, these are cool vehicles. They turn heads. They you certainly do. So Tesla Europe tweeted last Friday, a wild midnight cherry appears at a Tesla location near you starting tomorrow. Cool. So Europeans can start ordering this new color. Uh, when will North America get it? No signs yet because it only appears to be made at Giga Berlin in their new most advanced paint shop at the moment. Because to get this color, you need to use like multi layers of paint. Remember, Elon said this two years ago. Giga Berlin will have the world's most advanced paint shop with more layers of stunning colors that subtly change with curvature. So according to Tesla, Midnight Cherry Red will come to the Middle East as well later this year. And that means that Quicksilver should be coming soon as well. To Europe, yeah. So Tesla is building a new lab in Nevada. So like... No, 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 not a meth lab, a lithium lab. According to a building permit in Sparks, Nevada, obtained by Electrek, Tesla has filed a permit for tenant improvement projects for the purpose of a manufacturing R&D lithium lab facility. The scope of work includes mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and minor architectural upgrades to support tool installation and process optimizations. So why didn't Tesla build this lab at the Gigafactory? That's a good question. The Gigafactory is just 20 miles away from this lab. So is this to keep things they discover like secret from Panasonic, which is in the Gigafactory? Well, I'm not exactly sure what Tesla is even going to be working on in this new lab. But my guess would be lithium refining. Lithium, <laughs> Yeah, but again, why not just put this in Gigafactory if that's, I mean, their engineers are all there. My thought is that it's actually its own little startup. Like, you know how Tesla says that they're a bunch of startups all 
together. Yeah. Um, I think that this is a perfect example of one. You have a small office of a bunch of engineers who are going to be focused on this one thing, which is going to be uh, lithium refining, is my guess. And, and let's just talk about that for a second. So you're saying that um, this is to figure out how to extract lithium more you know, efficiently and uh, more of it and cheaper and all that. Right. Now, there's many different sources of lithium. We're not going to get into all the different forms of refining, but uh, Elon has said that he doesn't want to get into lithium refining. He hopes that other companies will do it, um, but he has been expressing on every single earnings call for about a year now um, that nobody seems to be doing it the way that he wants it done. So my guess is that they said, let's you know get some lab space, let's throw some engineers on it, and let's solve this problem. So with Tesla having reopened Cybertruck orders on their website and with an estimated one and a half million reservations already on the books, everyone wants to know, when will Tesla start production? I got to know. Now, it's great that we got an estimate of late Q3 from Elon at the last earnings call. So that looks like September. But it's also good to have other evidence. Case in point, reporter Kim Hwan Jung from South Korean news site Pulse is reporting this. It has been confirmed that Seon Ihua has won orders for all A, B and C pillars for Tesla Cybertruck. The parts contract period is until 2028, and related sales are expected to reach 300 billion won. So what is Sion Ihua, and how much is 300 billion won? Um, they are a South Korean auto supplier. They make interior and exterior auto parts, 90% of which are for Hyundai and Kia. Hmm. 300 billion won is about $230 million of interior panels. The CEO of Siwon Ihua said, we expect the first delivery event of the electric vehicle pickup truck, Cybertruck, to be held in the third quarter at the earliest. Siwon Ihua is reportedly renting a factory in Monterey, Mexico, to make the A-pillar parts for Cybertruck. Uh, they said they're sending South Korean employees there next month to start production. They also have U.S. facilities in Georgia and Alabama, so it's likely that the rest of the B and C-pillar parts will come from the U.S. And that's important for the next years going forward because the cars, EVs, have to be built in the United States in order to get the tax credit. I don't think this part matters. Uh, it's just where you assemble the vehicle. So even though the parts, they could come from South Korea, that wouldn't matter. I think it's just because it's cheaper. Making them right there means they can just ship them up to Texas. And But if the batteries were made in right. not North America, then that would be an issue. Right. Okay. I think the important piece of information in this is 230 million, which means a lot of parts. I mean, we don't know exactly what that part is. It's, mm -hmm. I, it could just be something that snaps on. Um, but is the 2028 part. That mm -hmm. means that they were contracted to work for years to make this, which means that probably Cybertruck isn't going to change much over that time. Or at least Tesla's not expecting it to. Or at least not the A, B, and C <laughs> pillars. Right. Hey, and if you want to talk about all the Cybertruck news, head on over to our sponsors at Cybertruck Owners Club. There you're going to find their crowdsource reservation tracker so you can check your place in line and see what number you are and when you're going to get your truck. Zach and I will be attending Micromobility Europe 2023. That's just a month away. Yeah, it is. It's going to be really fun uh, getting to check out all those small electric vehicles in person in Amsterdam on June 8th and 9th. So join us at Micromobility Europe and use our link down below to get 20% off the ticket price. And like we mentioned before, while we're there, we'll need your help that week to run the show. So mark it down on your calendars between June 6th and June 11th. Record a news story that you think would fit Tesla Time News. You can film yourself reading off the story like we are now, or you can go out and point the camera at whatever you find interesting. Send us the story at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Our amazing team of editors will take it from there. They'll add the B-roll footage and the jokes. 
and you will be helping us keep the show going for its 353rd week in a row. That's going to be fun. So we'll see some of you in Amsterdam and we'll see the rest of you on Tesla Time News. And we don't just review e-scooters and e-bikes on our Now Let's Review channel. Uh, we also review other cool stuff like solar generators, like the Alpha ESS Black B 1000. Can you stop calling them solar generators? They're batteries. I mean, I know you can plug solar panels into them and all, and that's cool, but they're just batteries. They are super useful, though. Yes, very useful. If you've been thinking about getting a battery like the Black Bee, then you might want to check our review first. We've reviewed a bunch of them. How well built are they? How quiet are they when the fans are on? Do they have wireless charging for your phone? Which ways can you charge them? How fast do they charge? How much do they cost? What can you run off them? Ah, see? Not so simple, is it? They have so many use cases like camping. Musicians who busker and want to be able to plug in an amplifier. Contractors like electricians and plumbers who need power even when the job site doesn't have power. Ninjas. Ninjas? Well, ninjas need to charge their laptops too. <laughs> Musicians, electricians, ninjas. Go check out Now Let's Review channel and see what you think of the Alpha ESS Black B 1000. I bet we could run the studio off the Black B. Yeah, I think you're right. So Elon retweeted the Boring Company's tweet, Las Vegas Loop is expanding about 65 miles and 69 stations, thanks to Clark County, Nevada, for the great partnership. Clark County, Nevada commissioners approved plans last week for the Boring Company to extend the Vegas Loop by 25 miles and 18 stations. This is the next step in the even bigger plan for the tunnel system to expand to 69 stations, eventually going all the way under the Las Vegas Strip corridor and includes going to the airport. The Boring Company's latest all-electric tunnel, Boring Machine Proof Rock, is six times faster than the previous machine, Godot Plus. So now, the Boring Company can dig at a rate of one mile per week. And get this, the Boring Company's medium-term goal is to increase speeds to seven miles per day. Proof Rock can do what's called porpoising. It can launch and emerge from the surface, uh, just like a sandworm. <laughs> In um, Dune. Bless the maker and his water. <laughs> which uh, traditional boring machines can't do. And here are some sample transit times and fares. And let us know down below if you got to Las Vegas, uh, how excited would you be to hop into a Tesla and drive underneath the city? And I think if this does take place and more and more cities spot this, they are going to want this in their town. Yeah, because I think that a lot of people think that like, oh, this will never replace all the transportation in your town. It's like, that's not the point, mm. right? If you can remove 20% of car trips, you can almost entirely eliminate traffic. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it's great to still have people driving along on the surface and buses and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, but to have an underground loop tunnel is going to be pretty sweet. And you know what? This will work with autonomous robo taxis. And when you can dig seven miles a day. I mean, <laughs> that's okay. just their medium term goal. I mean, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So it's not looking so good for our Lordstown Endurance pickup truck reservation. Oh, I knew something was up when I stopped getting regular email updates. So what's up? Well, last Thursday, Lordstown issued a statement saying that it anticipates production of the Lordstown Endurance will, quote, cease in the near future with limited funding available. Yeah, remember that Lordstown went public with a SPAC back in 2020. Its valuation and orders went up quickly for a bit. And then when the CEO and CFO abruptly resigned and the problems became apparent, the stock plummeted. Foxconn came in with a partnership deal which seemed to help the bleeding, but 
Lordstown just announced in SEC documents that Foxconn is looking to back out of the deal because of Lordstown potentially getting delisted from NASDAQ. Now, Lordstown is claiming that it has notified Foxconn that it's in breach of contract. But either way, if Foxconn doesn't continue funding operations under the $170 million deal, Lordstown says we may need to curtail or cease operations and seek protection by filing a voluntary petition for relief under the bankruptcy code. And Lordstown says it has substantial doubt regarding our ability to continue. Ah, so we're not going to be able to put the Endurance head to head with the Rivian, the Ford and the Tesla pickup trucks. Yeah, it doesn't look too likely. Darn it. That's just one less monthly payment that we have to <laughs> bear. So I'm almost I'm almost a little relieved. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, you know, I would have loved to have more choice in electric pickup trucks. I mean, I like the Ford. I also hate the Ford. Um I love it and I hate it at the same time. The, the UI, I know is the UI so, is so bad, so 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 bad. I know. Um, but I was able to carry, you know, two Billy bookcases, a a desk, a, a bed, all sorts of stuff home from IKEA the other day. So it's like it is a truck, right? But man, I, I wish you know we could have seen what the Endurance had to offer. But let's talk about some good news about electric trucks. Okay. Uh, Rivian just got back a good report card from the IIHS. Oh, this is for crash testing? Correct. The R1S was just tested and got a top safety pick plus. That's the highest, right? Yes. Not just top safety pick. You need the plus or it's not really the top safety pick. Plus. Exactly. But I think that if you're only basing your decisions off of top safety pick or plus, you're doing yourself a disservice. The IIHS has lots of data on what they test. And you can learn that like on the 2022 R1S, the floor pan in the driver's side could come up and break your foot um, when they crashed it, um, which Rivian fixed on the 2023. Hang on one second. I ordered the R1S. I was one of the first, first mm -hmm. day. Still haven't gotten it. So you, you said they're already done making the 2022. Now they're on the 2023. Why haven't I heard about any of these yet from them? Um, well, we have come up with a bunch of negative episodes on the R1T, so why did you expect to get the R1S? Honest episodes. Well, now your foot won't break okay. when you get into a medium front over overlap collision. Um, but I do want to point out that even on the 2023 R1S, which has the top safety pick plus, it still gets poor ratings in things like rear passenger restraints. But I thought you'd need a perfect score in order to get a perfect rating. No. And in fact, you can see that the Model Y performed better than the R1S in the moderate overlap front test. But it was only the rear passengers who felt the pain. Basically, in the R1S, the seatbelt will ride up on the, the passenger in the back, which is going to cause more damage to you. Um, whereas in the Model S, the seatbelt stayed low. But they both got top safety pick plus. Yeah, that's why you got to do your homework. Wow. I mean, but maybe you don't have kids. You know, who cares? <laughs> You're going to put someone in the backseat. I know. So this is why it's important to read through the report. Because this no is... No one's going to read through the report, Jesse. I mean, this is like a teacher who has some weird curve grade system and they're like uh, oh you know little timmy got a 72 and johnny got a 96 and they both got a's good job everybody wow but some better news for rivian owners looking to get into car crashes uh rivian just added their own version of dash cam called drive cam this would allow the rivian to record clips of incidents much like tesla does with dash cam okay so that means it's going to record accidents like mm -hmm. when airbags go off mm -hmm. um does it do the recording on beeps like in a tesla 
On beeps? You know, you honk the horn and it'll record. No, but it does record on hard braking when you're not likely to honk or think to hit the record button. So what, I'm supposed to bring clips of brake checkers to the police station? Well, actually, I think it could be really helpful for other people involved in accidents around you. Oh, right. I mean, your footage could be used to prove someone wasn't at fault because, like, you know, somebody gets into a collision ahead of you and you slam on your brakes. It will have recorded the footage. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, oh, I have the footage. Um, Why don't you guys use it? Even if you didn't get into the accident. But now do I have to go out and buy a new one terabyte hard drive to stick somewhere in the Rivian? Uh, No, drive cam of incidents get saved right into the car storage. Uh, However, if you connect your own USB-C hard drive, you can save entire trips if you want. Nice. So a feature that Tesla has had for like five years now. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that the Rivian didn't come out with this the day it came out, like that it took them this long. I mean, over a year to come out with these features that, yeah, they've already known about. It kind of shows, you know, in like a video game, like a sports video game, you'll have like different players and they'll have like different stats Mm -hmm. or I guess any video game, you know, different things have different stats. I feel like this kind of shows Rivian's software speed stat. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it's just nowhere near Tesla's. And it's like they can still play the game. Um, It's just it's a different play style. It's a different league. It's another story about electric school buses. And I'm never going to stop talking about them. So sorry if you're sick of hearing about electric school buses, but I'm tired of sending children to school in smoky tin cans that have a measurable detrimental effect on their developing brains. And EV school buses are the solution. And good news, Ford has just announced that you can order an e-transit school bus from the Collins Bus Corporation. Looks kind of small. Right. This is a type A school bus. You went to school on a type C school bus, which is the typical long yellow school bus that we're used to seeing here in the U.S. However, there are as many as about 30,000 of these types of A buses in the U.S. Well, if that gives me an excuse to tell you to go watch our electric school bus episode in depth, I'll take it. Yeah, that episode only has like 50,000 views. And with only 30,000 views, we were able to get an awesome person to donate electric school buses to his community. So that means that we're only... 10,000 views away from something else awesome happening. So please, if you haven't seen our Magic School Bus episode, it's about electric school buses, by the way. Spoiler alert. Go check it out. It's probably one of the most important episodes we've ever done. Mm. If I say so myself, please go watch it. You'll be glad you did. And yeah, and share it with people in your community, like your school community members, because it could make a huge difference. Share it with all your parents, friends, everything like that. So we got some better shots of the Kia EV9 this week. So this is that electric SUV that was unveiled about a month ago. Right. It should seat seven, tow 5,000 pounds, and have a zero to 60 of five seconds. Okay, but I think you know what I'm going to ask. What's the range and how much does it cost? And I think you know what I'm going to say. We don't know. And we don't know. People are estimating it to be between fifty and $60,000, but I'm not sure what it will be coming in at. Uh, although we do know that it's being produced at Kia's West Point, Georgia facility, so it should be receiving at least thirty-seven fifty of the tax credit. And if the batteries are made in North America, it could qualify for the full tax credit. Well, I think that if they can keep the price down and maybe snatch that tax credit... I think it will sell well. I think that it's got the look of a full SUV that a lot of people were waiting for. To be honest, I don't really like how it looks. What don't you like about it? Um, It's got this like really square look to it. It looks just very clunky to me. I don't know. I mean, it's it's, it just kind of 
to me. Like <laughs> it's fine, but it's it's nothing you know interesting. I mean, I think that the square back is all anyone will be looking for. Mm-hmm. I think that it's people they know what an SUV is. And they don't know what this sloping mm. back has. No, no, How no, How am I no, going to no. fit my couch in there? I need to fit a whole bunch of stuff in there. I didn't want to buy a pickup truck because, and so I'm going to buy this. Um, no, you're probably right. It's just that the reason why Tesla did the sloping back on the Model Y is to make it more aero efficient to, you know, give it more range. This kind of boxiness, I think, just kills range. It's true. And so that means that you either need to increase the battery size, which is going to make it more expensive and heavy, um, or the range is going to be a little bit lackluster. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. But either way, it's going to be inefficient, which means that charging it is going to be a bit more of a problem. This probably doesn't mean that you can charge it on a level one charger. You're going to have to install a level two charger. Yeah. No, but I think you're right. I think a lot of people picture like I'm going to put boxes in this thing. And if it's shaped like this, the box won't fit. And, you know, you might be right. I don't know. Um, it's stuff, I just the preschool stuff. I think we should go to the European model, which is if it's too big to fit in your car, you get a trailer and you pop it on the back and you carry it in a trailer. Because how often do you need to do that? Not very often. Yeah, but then you have to learn how to back up a trailer. Yeah, I guess that's probably what does it for people. <laughs> These are things that should be taught in high school. Backing There's a whole, up a trailer? whole lot of things that my high school would teach. <laughs> teach you how to drive, how to back up a trailer. Yep. Aero efficiency <laughs> of vehicles. <laughs> how to do your taxes. <laughs> All right. This next story involves a Tesla, Australia, a tennis star, a mom, and a gun. Tesla, Australia, tennis star, mom, and a gun. Okay, I'm intrigued. So last week in Canberra, Australia, an armed gunman showed up at tennis star Nick Kyrgios' house, and his mom answered the door. The gunman had seen Kyrgios' lime green Model X parked out front and asked for the keys at gunpoint. According to court documents, the gunman also asked Kyrgios' mom to explain how to drive the Tesla. So as the thief was driving away, Kyrgios' mom called the tennis star and told him what had happened. Kurgios immediately opened up his Tesla app and could see his Model X on the nav map, so he called the police and told them where it was. He also slowed it down to 80 kilometers an hour using the speed limit feature, which is pretty smart. The police were able to spot the Model X drive and began to chase it. But unfortunately, the thief drove near a school, and so the police had to call off the chase. But Kurgios still was following his Model X on his app, so the police were eventually able to find the vehicle in the northern suburb of Ansley. The police then approached the Model X with the thief in it, but he wouldn't surrender until they tased him. Thief in jail and lime green Model X returned to owner. Electricity for the win. And Tesla for the win. Kurgios 30, love. (laughs) Did you know that according to the Highway Loss Data Institute, Tesla vehicles are 90% less likely to be stolen than the average car? And that's probably because thieves watch our show and they know that you can track Tesla. So thieves, don't steal Tesla. No, I think that thieves are watching their own thief YouTube channels. Oh, right. Maybe they're not on YouTube, um, but they're going like... They're on the dark web. Okay, don't steal Teslas because they can track you. Also, uh, don't steal lime green Teslas because they're real easy to spot. (laughs) Moron. Uh, Can you just tell me how to drive it? Because, like, uh, I don't know how to drive it. Can you imagine how... She had to teach the thief how to drive the car. Wow. 
Hey, if you want to share this clip with your friends, but you don't want to share the whole episode, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel. There we've got little bite-sized clips that are easy to share. All right, it's time for the lightning round. And Volvo has announced that for the first time in a quarter century, it's 2024 XC40 and the C40 Recharge EVs will be available in a rear-wheel drive variant, thanks to a new electric motor developed in-house by Volvo, which will power the rear axle of the new EVs. So Volvo had been famous for having all-wheel drive cars. Because, right, because they handle so well. And it's safer. Right. And Volvo was a company about safety. And then they got bought by a Chinese company <laughs> called Geely that don't give a shit about safety. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> um, I, I know that you don't believe us on that. Um, but you can look it up. It's it's uh, true information that's on the internet. Now, the uh, rear-wheel drive XC40 and C40 recharge EVs will offer up to 297 and 293 miles of range, respectively, along with charge rates of up to 200 kilowatts, allowing for a recharge from 10 to 80 percent in approximately 28 minutes. Volvo's goal is to become a fully electric car maker by 2030. At the ACT Expo last week, Ford announced that it will offer a larger extended range battery option for its e-transit electric van, which will have an estimated range of now 186 miles up from the current 126 mile option. Ford will also offer a faster AC charger at 19.2 kilowatts. So with the larger approximately 100 kilowatt hour battery, that should mean five hours from zero to 100%. Now comment below if you think Ford has hit like the magic range for the e-transit. I'm really curious to hear from like contractors. Do you think this is what you're looking for or do you need more range? I feel like you always need to have at least 200 miles of I range. I didn't ask you, I asked the contractors. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, that's a good point because they're not driving to grandma's house, they're driving to multiple grandma's houses within a very small Usually. range of where they are to fix their sinks and roofs and right. paint and stuff like that. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And uh, I really like my Henson razor. I've, you know what we I- We know that You know what now. I noticed? We know that. You know what I noticed? It's, it has a different sound when you're shaving. Really? When you have the plastic uh, cartridge Razors. Please, please, like, please give us the two. Yeah, give yeah. us the two cents. I'm going. Oh, okay. there we go. It, the plastic ones. So not not the nice Henson one. It, they go like, Ugh. and that's because the blades are being held by plastic. Oh, and they're chattering. Not like, very rigid, and okay. it's chattering on your hair. Okay. When you do this, it's like, what is it again? It just it Ooh. just glides. Okay, um, so if you want, and I've been reading about it, and it's because it's made out of metal, mm -hmm. which is stronger than plastic who knew who knew and so that holds the blade more rigidly which means that you get a better shape hey get 100 free blades if you use our code now you know at checkout thank you to henson for sponsoring the show Sunzia is a massive U.S. wind power and transmission project being built by Pattern Energy, and it's about to begin construction. Yeah, this will be the largest wind project in the Western Hemisphere. The numbers are staggering. 3.5 gigawatts of wind farms. That's over 900 turbines all across New Mexico with 550 miles of, get this, 525 kilovolt high voltage direct current transmission line between New Mexico and Arizona. Why is it D.C.? I thought DC was bad for long distance transmission. They have figured out how to boost the voltage so that they can keep the efficiency higher than AC. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
The transmission line will be able to carry three gigawatts of clean energy. So this $5 billion project will create over 2,000 new jobs and power more than 3 million Americans. It should come online in 2026. And just to show how powerful the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Act were, this project had been languishing since 2008, but it wasn't until recently that Pattern changed it from an AC transmission line to this high-power DC line and got everything going. And that's because of government incentives. I'm going to talk more about that on Patreon bonus stories this week, so don't miss that. And you know what? Mm -hmm. We are going to make that a free Patreon bonus story. You mean so anyone, even if they're not a patron, they can watch so it? All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash now, you know, you don't have to pay us a cent. We're going to upload that Patreon bonus story as a separate video for you to watch for free. You can check it out. I think that it's really important. So we're going to talk about it over there. You can get to watch the whole thing for free because I think it's so important. And hey, if you appreciate what we do, you can support us once you're over there. And once you watch the video and you think it's worth it or not. Cool. All right. It's time for going green. So guess what New York State just did? New York State. Uh, they changed their nickname from the Empire State to the New Republic State. No. New York has become the first state in the U.S. to pass a law banning the use of fossil fuels in most new buildings. Oh, when does that start? The ban includes gas stoves and furnaces and will start in 2026 for new buildings, seven stories or less, and larger buildings in 2029. Wow. There are some exceptions like restaurants, hospitals, and for emergency backup power, but cities and counties will not be able to override the ban. What is the override? But didn't New York already do this? I seem to recall hearing about this a couple of years ago. New York City became the largest city in the U.S. to ban gas in new buildings in 2021. That's probably what you're thinking of. Right. Okay. So how many buildings are we talking about since it only applies to new buildings? Well, in 2021, there were 28,000 new housing units in New York State. So quite a few. Hmm. That's really interesting. I can't wait to see how this unfolds. And I can't wait to see if more states follow suit. Because, I mean, I know Washington State is doing this um, for heat pumps in new buildings, but that's pretty much it that I've heard in terms of states. Or we're going to see a lot of loopholes and uh, places trying to build seven stories. My building <laughs> is six and a half stories tall. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So we talk a lot about U.S. solar and onshore wind projects, but there's a lot going on offshore in the U.S. Check this out. So the American Clean Power Association just released their offshore wind market report, which shows that 10 states have combined wind targets of over 81 gigawatts. Now, if you're like me, when you hear big numbers like this, it kind of doesn't mean anything. So let's put this into perspective. The 51 gigawatts of projects in the pipeline today is enough electricity to power more than 20 million homes. Wow. And if you're like 20 million homes, well, there's 300 million people in the United States. No, no, no. 20 million homes. That's 14% of the homes in the United States. Oh, right. Because it's like two and a half people per home on average. Yeah. Right. And so offshore wind projects just in the U.S. are expected to support over 82,000 jobs by 2030. And I mean, how about this fact? 30 new vessels, these giant vessels are on order or under construction as we speak to support this industry. Or how about this fact? 14 facilities in the U.S. have been announced or are currently under construction. Or how about this fact? Investments of $1.7 billion in major offshore wind components have already been made so far. 
offshore wind in the U.S. is going to become a bigger and bigger piece of the renewable puzzle. It really is exciting to watch because this is one of those things that started happening and not many people knew about it. First of all, it's offshore. You can't really see it. Um, and it happened so late. I mean, I really think this you know, was going on in Europe for years and U.S. has just been late to the party. But now that we're getting started and we're cranking, I mean, look at this chart with California here. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of wind offshore. And other states that you're not on this list, like get on the list. Let's do it. Let's make those landlocked states jealous. <laughs> exactly. And look, if you'd like to become your own small energy provider, um, you don't have to put an offshore wind tower up. Um, you can talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They will help to answer all your questions because I know you've got tons. The link is down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. It's entirely free. And it's called Energy Pal. All right, it's time for our video contributor story. Remember, we need your stories. Send them in to us two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape so Jesse doesn't get mad with good audio, no music, and send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Bart sent us this story about their home solar installation in Belgium. Hi, now you know, community. My parents bought this old energy inefficient house 10 years ago. In our family, we continuously try to lower our ecological footprint. We only drive electric and over time we renovated the house bit by bit. Given the bad state of the main roof and the high cost for the complete roof rebuild, my parents decided to remove and rebuild the entire first floor with better isolation. Because of the privacy, noise cancellation and increase in energy efficiency, it was decided not to install windows in the side and front walls, but using skylights and big windows in the back. This gave us three walls to install facade panels. However, the price to install those was expensive, so my dad came up with an idea to cover up the walls completely with solar panels, which, cost, which appeared to cost roughly the same. Given the fact that in Belgium there is a high price to transport energy, it makes more sense to spread energy production capacity and improve the efficiency during the winter by putting the panels vertically. Luckily, all walls were correctly orientated. Since the beginning of the year, the transport, is, the tra transport cost is dependent on the peak load of that month, so we added a home battery to act as a buffer for those peaks. Everything works fine and we improved our ecological footprint drastically without raising the cost that much. We hope to inspire viewers of this channel to think outside the box when it comes to making your local living area a better and more efficient place to live for us children. And now you know. Think outside wow. the box indeed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Uh, that's cool. Yes, it is. <laughs> I am so impressed. I can't. I'd love to go visit that house and check it out. That is, that is by far, one of the coolest. That is so awesome. Thank you so. Do we much. have the best community or what? Oh uh, yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, I hope that inspires you guys. That's amazing. And I mean, yeah, talk to Energy Pal and see if they can hook you up with that. that I'd like so to cool. wrap my entire house in solar panels. That's awesome. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. We got so much stuff to talk about this week. We've got a disruptive investing on Fisker. We've got investor club bonus stories and a whole slew of Patreon bonus stories. So head over to Patreon right now. There's also a free one. There's the free one. There's a free yep. Patreon bonus story for so you this if week. If every week you've been like, no, I can't go there because I don't belong to it. You can. It's you free. Can. It's free. Um, and look, join us for a buck a month. You help support the show. You help support what we do every week. I know you love the show. Help support the show and you'll get all those extra benefits. We'll see you there. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the poll. What was our poll this week? Our poll was asking about Midnight Cherry Red. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it's going to come to North America? What did our patrons think? Here's what they thought. Interesting. 
I'll be interested to see if that happens. All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Elon said, worth reading The Machine Stops by E.M. Forster, if you haven't already. Even benign dependency on AI and automation is dangerous to civilization if taken so far that we eventually forget how the machines work. Wall Street Silver says the German police have a special protection suit for cases of attacks with a knife. Chainmail armor. They are the knights who say nine. Elon says, chainmail armor making a comeback. Tim Pool says, holy shit. Vice is said to be headed for bankruptcy. And Elon said it's been a while since they made quality content. Yes, it has. It has been a very long time. Chris says AI creates infinite abundance. Elon says infinite a lot of things. Gail says, how can happiness be maximized among all humans? Elon said there will always be sadness. What matters, I think, is maximizing cumulative civilizational net happiness over time. Spoken like a true engineer. Geneve says, breaking, bloodbath in regional banks, PacWest, Bancorp down 39%, Western Alliance down 22%. Uh, every single name in the regional bank ETF is red. AR Morgan says, liquidity crisis, cash being sucked into treasury, money market accounts with 4.5% interest. Nilan said, this is a massive problem. Doesn't make sense to keep money in a 1% interest bank account instead of a 4.5% money market treasury bill account. As more people and companies realize this, bank depositors' flight will accelerate to extreme levels, even for banks that are too big to fail. The Fed is making decisions using stale data. This is like driving a car while looking out the rear window. Fine when the road is straight, but destined to crash when the road is winding. It's a good analogy. Jay says, the more I think about this, the more absurd it seems. A reporter used her time and the authority of her publication to spy on what the president of a medical school likes on Twitter, not posts, not even retweets, though that would be also absurd. Uh, and to top it off, Alex Berenson was right that the vax didn't stop transmission. Elon said, so the president of a university, which is supposed to be a bastion of freedom of expression, was almost fired for liking factually correct tweets. That is seriously messed up. The board of trustees should hang their heads in shame and apologize. Ed Krasenstein says, big Twitter news. Twitter's just pushed new subscription features and they're testing other features. They include the following, a brand new tab in user's profile showing their subscription tweets. If you're a subscriber to that user, you will now see those. Elon says, partially visible subscriber only posts in For You timeline will be a major driver of subscriptions. Unusual Whale says 49% of Americans now call themselves independents, the same amount as self-described Republicans and Democrats combined per Axios. Elon said, good. Elon said, sorry, our video upload is so bad. We're working on major improvements. I recommend 480p for video longer than 10 minutes as that resolution is fine for phone and laptop users. And just when was the last time a CEO of a company said that we have a bad thing and we're going to work on it? Like, good for him being honest. SpaceX tweeted out the fairing re-entry of the Viasat 3 mission was the hottest and fastest we've ever attempted. The fairings re-entered the atmosphere greater than 15 times the speed of sound, creating a large trail of plasma in its wake. Elon said crispy. Oh, I just wanted to mention, uh, have you seen that the copyright on Twitter now says copyright X Corp? Oh. Um, Mario says breaking Ukraine targets Putin with drone strike on the Kremlin. Russia has accused Ukraine of attempting a drone attack on the Kremlin with the aim of killing President Putin. Russian officials said Putin was not injured and that Moscow shot down two drones. Elon tweeted this out. Ed says, it amazes me how many Americans are making tweets claiming that Vladimir Putin survived an assassination attempt. Here are the facts. The Kremlin in Moscow claims it was an assassination attempt, while the Ukrainian President Zelensky and Kiev deny having anything to do with it. Elon says, strange days seems more likely a false flag than actual weak assassination attempts, but either are possible. The Verge says, now Gmail has blue verified checkmark icons, too. And Elon says, haha, great idea. 
Elon tweeted out, when I do this, it's moderation. And when others do that, it's censorship. Seth says Twitter used to be a place where false narratives were protected and promoted. Now it's a place where they're challenged and corrected. It's easy to think Musk has botched everything. But if by everything you mean the old system of strict narrative control. Elon says ending censorship in guise of virtue, handing control of the narrative to the people and actually accurate fact checking are essential goals. Naturally, those who used to control the narrative and censored views they disliked are less than thrilled. How tragic. Ethan says the new version of Midjourney that released yesterday shows how far AI has come in making commercial level images from text alone. Here's what you get for modern outfits inspired by Van Gogh, Basquiat, Monet, Rothko, fashion photo shoot. Each one is the first try, no revisions. Elon said, wow. Elon says, so many stores shuttered in downtown San Francisco feels post-apocalyptic. The philosophy that led to this bleak outcome will be the end of civilization if extended to the world. And Elon said, may the fourth be with you because it is uh, X's birthday. Oh, and look at that. Chip off the old block. There's a picture of Elon <laughs> on the left and his son on the right. Tesla owner Silicon Valley says another important meeting that should have included Elon Musk. And this is because President Biden said artificial intelligence is one of the most powerful tools of our time. But to seize its opportunities, we must first mitigate its risks. Today, I dropped by a meeting with AI leaders to touch on the importance of innovating responsibly and protecting people's rights and safety. Elon said, I will survive. Because he wasn't part of the meeting. Right. I don't think that I mean, he will survive because he will have an army of robots. <laughs> sure. uh, what about the rest of us? Seb says White House announces an independent commitment from leading AI labs like Anthropic, Google, Hugging Face, Microsoft, NVIDIA, OpenAI, and Stability AI to participate in a public evaluation of AI systems on an evaluation platform developed by Scale AI. Elon said it's a step in the right direction. Kernovich says global warming is the largest scam in human history. Elon said global warming risk is overblown in the short term, but significant in the long term. Homar's catalog says Tesla Vision AI is designed to be advanced enough to control the car completely on its own. It runs even when you're driving manually, protecting you and other road users at all times. Elon says version 11.4 is excellent. Several days of driving to random pin drop locations in Austin. Zero safety critical interventions. Darren says Imperial March Tesla light show by the Tesla community in Singapore. Check that out. That is so cool. Massimo says, Zhuangzhan Zhangzhuzh is a bookstore located in Chengdu, China, designed by architecture firm X Living. It's a two-story space which looks like an M.C. Escher-like artwork thanks to the mirrored ceilings and the gleaming black floors. Elon says, wow, look at that. I'd like to visit that. That's that is cool. Massimo says, 31 years ago today, Wolfenstein 3D, the first popular game with ray casting, was released. Elon says, so awesome. It was so awesome. <laughs> the World of Statistics says, the number of objects launched into space in 2022. Wow. Elon says Starlink now constitutes a majority of all active satellites. Speaking of Starlink, when you walk onto a plane with Starlink, the Internet just works. It's that simple. Barcy says mid-journey versions comparison. The same prompts were used. It was launched just one year ago and the progress is insane. Look at that from version one to version 5.1. Wow. ESPN says Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are both at the Miami GP today. And Elon said. Fun discussion of aero and battery technology in F1. I proposed a pure EV versus gas slash hybrid F1 race. That'd be fun. That would be fun. And look, he's got his son with them. And Eva says Elon Musk and his cute son X, who is probably a Metallica fan, visit the Oracle Red Bull racing team at the Formula One Grand Prix in Miami. It's nice to see how a father includes his son in every aspect of his life. This is really not a common occurrence among people. Elon says, makes me happy to see him happy. Aw. Mike says, it's hard to think of a competitive moat bigger than SpaceX. Elon says, not really a moat, just a much higher rate of innovation than competitors. SpaceX doesn't even bother with patents, except to stop patent trolls. World Statistics tweeted out the number of Elon Musk tweets. 
And uh, if you could graph that, you would see that it's going um, up because we're not even halfway through 2023. Spidey Elon fan says SpaceX has received a crucial FCC authorization for its Starlink for the higher duty cycle, which will improve Starlink's performance. The longer duration of the dish's communications period will directly impact the upload speeds for Starlink users. Elon said Starlink version 2, which we're beginning to launch, will greatly improve bandwidth, latency, and jitter will also get much better. May Musk, Elon's mom, says when we moved to Toronto in 1989, we stayed in a one-bedroom apartment until I found a rent-controlled apartment, which took us three weeks to clean up. We all worked. We're happy and optimistic. The first I heard of an emerald mine was about 10 years ago. Elon says, I only briefly lived with my mother, to be clear. <laughs> LOL. Ed says, it amazes me that Mr. Beast can give a thousand people their hearing back. And instead of asking why the heck the U.S. healthcare system didn't do this 15 years ago, Americans are attacking Mr. Beast. Yes, Mr. Beast is probably getting thousands of new subscribers because of his actions, but... Elon says, people definitely shouldn't be attacked for doing good. Is it really just a question of money to restore hearing? I'm always looking for ways to donate money that are actually good. Perhaps this is one. It is very hard to donate money if you're about it doing actual good, not merely the appearance of it. World Statistics tweeted this out, the personal income tax rate by country, and Elon said, this is incorrect. The de facto U.S. national income tax is 40%. When added to California state income tax, it's 53%. That means the state confiscates a majority of your income. But hey, at least they're fixing the potholes, right? If you then give money to a person beyond the gift tax exemption while you're living or dead, cut that in half again. Alex says, convinced that airports are NPC spawn points. Elon says, makes sense. Texas Lindsay says, hi, CDC director. Where to next? <laughs> Revolving door, huh? Wow. Ashley says, what we are calling treatment is not helping the mental health crisis. I would argue that it's making it worse. I'd be interested to know how many of the mass shooters in the past decade were on psychiatric medications. Elon said, some individuals are a danger to themselves and society, and it's not fixable. Unfortunately, we do need to keep them in psychiatric facilities. Normal people are sometimes afraid that perhaps they would be falsely committed to such an institution. They do not realize how far they are from true insanity. Taylor says, I think one flew over the cuckoo's nest, along with most film depictions of psychiatric institutions that have come afterwards, have ingrained a deep sense of mistrust in these facilities for most Americans. Elon said that movie scared a lot of people. We went too far in the past with psychiatric confinement, but now do too little. The results are bad for the severely mentally ill individuals and for society. And Wokeness says U.S. population in 1955, 161 million. U.S. population in 2023, 332 million. 1955 mental asylum patients, 559,000. 2023 mental asylum patients, 35,000. This is the real crisis. And Elon said too many asylum patients then, too few now. And then Noah Smith tweeted out this chart showing mental hospitals and prisons. And Elon says that chart says it all. Historic vid shows Jeff Bezos in 1999 on the Jay Leno show. And then Elon tweeted out this picture. Now he's super buff. Real Peter Glick says Elon Musk claimed desalination was absurdly cheap. This is on the Bill Maher HBO show. Um, and so there can't be a water problem. I guess everything looks cheap if you can blow 44 million on Twitter and then run it into the ground. Desalination is actually absurdly expensive. And Elon says turning seawater into clean, drinkable water costs $2 to $5 per 1,000 gallons. Less than half a penny per gallon is obviously absurdly cheap. Holmar's catalog says, when will Tesla full self-driving beta 11.4 start shipping to customers? Elon says, ships to Tesla employees tomorrow, then progressively wider as confidence grows. We test as much as possible in simulation and with QA drivers, but reality is vastly more complex. Tech AU says release notes look promising for 11.4. 
Elon says 11.4.1 is a major improvement. So he just had already said 11.4 <laughs> was good, and now he's saying 11.4.1 is better. Yeah, no, things are moving fast. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. You can remember, send your pictures and stories into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Jim spotted this delivery truck with an unfortunate brand name on it. Um, well, now we know where all the FUD is coming from. I guess so. Stop that truck. Fabio sent us this picture of a fire in Emergency Model 3 spotted in Queensland, Australia. Andrea sent us these pictures of her brother-in-law's new Lucid Air. And he hasn't taken the paper out of the wheel well, and I don't blame him. Christopher saw this Hyundai Ioniq 6 in California. Rabbi found this Model Y taxi driving around Bruges, Belgium. Brian spotted this bear inside a garage with the Model Y in Lake Tahoe. And uh, if you were in the car... <laughs> You would want to have. Oh yeah, EV jacked. This is the EV jacked. Yeah, remember, go watch the in depth. It's go, important. Go watch our. That in-depth. would save you from that bear. That if you were in the car, you, maybe you wait, <laughs> or you could just drive away. Are you leaving, Bear? <laughs> Pete found these two Model Threes in Bicester, England, and Pete sent us this email about him and his father. So my father, 93, and I have watched Now You Know every week for the last five years. We're Patreon supporters. Unfortunately, my dad has become very sick over the last few weeks and will likely pass away soon. Fortunately, I was able to buy a Model Y in January, and we took delivery yesterday. With the help of a friend, we managed to give him a ride in my new Tesla before the end of his life. The butts and seats effect is real. I don't really have a reason to reach out, except that I just wanted to let you know that your show has been the bright spot of our week. We both wanted to thank you for inspiring us to reimagine a more hopeful future. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. All right, Daniel spotted this cruise Chevy Bolt. Benny spotted these red and blue Teslas in California. Great how they lined them up. JD sent us these pictures from the Montgomery County Green Fest in Wheaton, Maryland. And it's time for Supercharger Reviews. So uh, let's go out there and see what's in the world. How's it going, Zach Jesse? I go by Boff. We're still on our cross-country trip from California to Florida. We're here in Deming, New Mexico, and there's an eight-stall supercharger here. Not very tow friendly. There's probably some ways you can get creative here if you're towing something, but um, I, I wouldn't recommend it too much. Uh, but there's plenty of spots to ditch your haul, so I ditched my trailer here. And uh, of course, it's a gas station, so they've got plenty of goodies and in, in restroom and stuff inside, so that's a thumbs up. So for a Tesla that is not towing, I would rate this a 7 out of 10. And for one that is towing, I'd rate this a 6 out of 10. Now you know. Jesse, this is Scott reporting in from the Show Me State. Let me show you all about the new version 3 Tesla superchargers in Liberty, Missouri. There's eight of them located on the parking lot of a Hy-Vee grocery store in the middle of a commercial plaza that has just about every fast food option you could ask for. The high V is open till midnight. They also have just about everything you could ask for, including clean bathrooms. And in addition to the eight superchargers, we have four level two connectors from Evergy, and those are free. Sponsored by Hy-Vee. Scott, reporting in from Liberty, Missouri. Now you know. So this is the Asheville Supercharger. And I pulled in right here. And I saw the chargers so I backed in, but I actually backed in to the wrong side. It looks like the chargers are set to charge from the other side. You don't see any numbers 
on the stalls here. Only one other car here is an EVGO charger. It's at the back of the Regal Biltmore Grand 15 movie theater. Right off of the Interstate 26, the Hilton Hotel. Um, I guess for bathroom options, probably got to go to the um, movie theater or either over to the hotel. We actually stopped at Starbucks on the way in, went to the bathroom. So all in all, location-wise, easy to get to. You can see the highway in the background. Pretty easy to get to up the highway, and there's plenty of stuff, but there's nothing right here where you can get while you're charging. You have to grab something and then um, get it beforehand so that you can have it while you're sitting in the car. Asheville Supercharger. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Well, we're here on the uh, M11 motorway, the turn-off for Stansted Airport in the UK. Here we are with some uh, Tesla chargers. Um, not a particularly good site. Uh, I'd give it a five out of 10. Um, there is obviously uh, food outlets, but they're uh, quite a long walk away um, across the way. There's also some non-Tesla chargers, um, two. So there's quite a bit of a queue system goes there and people negotiating and saying they're only going to be there for half an hour or whatever. And these are four Tesla chargers. Um, and uh, well, we could do with more of them. Now you know. Well, supercharger reviews always tend to cheer me up. Thank you so much for going out there and reviewing them. Again, we have a map where you can see all the superchargers in the world and you can add your reviews to them. You can view other people's reviews. Um, so yeah, you upload your reviews there and stuff like that. So um, if you want to do that, you can, and we might put your reviews in the show. Yeah. All right, what do we got for new superchargers out there? We got number 24 in South Carolina is the 12 stall in Charleston. We got number 59 in Australia, the six stall in Blacksland. Number 134 in South Korea is the eight stall in Daegualiwang, South Korea. Nice. Three stall in Shaoxing, China. The three stall in Ningbu, China. The six stall in Hangzhou, China. Another six stall in Hangzhou, China. The three stall in Jiamen, China. Number 63 in Pennsylvania is the eight stall at North Huntingdon at Rhonda Court, Pennsylvania. Number 43 in Maryland is the eight stall in Joppatown, Maryland. Number 348 in California is the eight stall in Carlsbad at Van Allen Way, California. Number 1681 in China. Number 5037 in the world is the six stall in Huzhou, China. And here's a weird one. The 16 stall in London. Did we just finished at Park Royal. It opened in 2019. Okay, then why are you talking about it? But then it closed last August and now it's open again. Oh, so it's kind of... Didn't really add to the numbers, <laughs> but, it's, but there it's, again. It's, it's, good, it's good to know about. And when you made it to the end of the show, but don't forget, there's a lot more content that you can go watch. So first of all, thank you to everyone who is right here. These are our patrons. These are people who supported us at $5 or more. You can get your name on the end plate as well. Um, some of these people have given way more than that. And I super appreciate you because you're the reason why we can afford to do this. But we have so much more stuff. So you can go over to Disruptive Investing Channel. Um, you can go to our Patreon where we've got not only the free bonus story this week, but also all of our other bonus stories that if you join us for a buck a month, you can watch all of them. I mean, you'll have so much content that if you ever got like locked up in prison, you just have so much to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all new information. So it's not like watching a Netflix show where it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I've already seen that. 
And then on top of that, we've got our Investor Club, where we've got Investor Club bonus stories every week. So you can not only learn about what's going on in the world, you can make money from it. And we've got our Slack channel over there, too. So, so much cool stuff. Go over to Patreon. Check out what we're offering you there. Thank you so much for watching us every week. And again, we're going to be in Amsterdam in a month. So if you want to help us get geared up, get ready, put it on your calendar, June 6th through the 11th, you could send in video and be on the show. You could be a reporter on the show. How cool would that be? don't have to edit it or anything we've got editors to do that and it doesn't matter whether you are um you know some of our much bigger youtuber friends of fans of the show you could have a million subscribers and still allow you to be on the show Oh, so you're kind of or you could be somebody who has never recorded a video in your life that's a really good point there's a lot of youtubers out there big and small you're you're perfectly suited for this absolutely um you don't have to have a professional camera anything with a camera on it like a smartphone yep as long as you can then email that to hello at now you know channel.com that's now you know with a k channel.com and you know it's easy to do you can just put it on your youtube channel and we can grab it from there or you can send it as a dropbox link or whatever i'm sure we'll work it out um and this will be really fun we're gonna have a contributor made show that week i mean we'll do some stuff from the from the road but like our time is gonna be kind of limited so it'll be mainly your show so can't wait for episode 353. Really excited about that. So yeah, get get working on it now and we'll see you then. Now you know. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.